With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. So you want your charity to succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to modern day fundraising success. And practical advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect place to learn from experts around the world who, along with our host, provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books cover a broad range of topics from major gift fundraising to use of social media and how to succeed online. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you maneuver through this economic downturn in the charitable sector to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. Remember, this is a live call-in show. Become part of the show by adding your voice. Call now at 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Just click on radio links. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart. And welcome here to the latest edition of The Nonprofit Coach radio show. Uh, This is Tuesday, December 4th, and I'm coming to you live from the nation's capital and the national headquarters of the Charities Aid Foundation of America. We've got a very uh, busy show. It seems that here at year-end we always kind of get bunched up uh, with the news and trying to get all of our uh, great guests in uh, because our last show of uh, the holiday season is coming up on December 18th. Um, as the announcer just mentioned, this is a live call-in show. When we get to page two expert today, you can call 347-324-3080. You can also join us over in the chat room. I see some folks over in the chat room. You can ask questions there. You can also email me today at tedhart at tedhart.com. As always here on The Nonprofit Coach, we start with page one news. Over here on page one, you can follow along with the radio links at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. First up today is a shout out to President Obama. Thank you very much, President Obama, who says he will not support an annual limit on deductions, including those for charitable giving. The White House estimates uh, that uh, such a break could cost charities at least $10 billion a year. Now, there's an effort underway um, headed up by several uh, very prominent groups, including the Association of Fundraising Professionals, uh, to try to get Capitol Hill on board uh, with protecting the charitable deduction. Uh, We want to urge you to contact AFP and specifically Jason Lee, who is their general counsel. You can reach him at jlee, that's J-L-E-E, at afpnet.org. Uh, or call 703-519-8484. All of this information is available over in the radio links today. Show your support for the charitable deduction by supporting the White House's um, uh, efforts uh, to beat back efforts to cap and or eliminate the charitable deduction. Uh, next up here on the uh, nonprofit coach is uh, uh, here at uh, this giving season, uh, there are many organizations that find ways to show um, that uh, uh, how you can give back. Um, it's a pleasure to welcome back here to the Nonprofit Coach, a good friend, uh, and the host of the monthly Guide Star Minute here on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, Lindsay Nichols is here with a special Guide Star Minute. Uh, what's going over at Guide Star today, Lindsay? Hi, Ted. Thanks for having me here. Well, we are doing a giving season give back contest, which is really we want to hear from the public, from uh, nonprofits. We want a 15-second video about what inspires you to give back during the holiday season. We know that one-third of the entire year's online donations are made during this time of year, so it's a really important time for nonprofits, 
And we just want to listen. Why is this so important to you? We know everybody wants a tax deduction, but they also have a really emotional connection to the nonprofits they donate to. So a 15-second video about why that is, and then we are going to have a first, second, and third place winner. And we will give the first place winner a 30-minute consultation with our new CEO, Jacob Harold. 15 copies of our new guidebook for nonprofits, More Money for More Good, and of course we'll do some publicity. And if you are just an individual donor, you can give that first place prize to the nonprofit of your choice. And then it kind of goes from there. So we're really excited. Yeah, about second, second place is 15 hard copies of money, uh, More Money for More Good and, and so forth. We do have a link uh, to this exciting contest over in the radio links today at tedhart.com. Um, and this is for anyone in the United States who's not employed by GuideStar itself. Exactly. Um, and you can either be with a 501c3 nonprofit organization or be an advocate or a supporter of your favorite 501c3 organization and submit your 15-second or shorter uh, video. So this is not a high bar but a, an impressive opportunity to show your support. And we've received some really creative and really kind of it gave me goosebumps to watch these videos. People are so passionate about these causes, and they have a real reason why they're giving this time of year. So it's it's great to see. And right, 15 seconds, we want to make it very short and quick and not a big effort for people. We upload them to our YouTube page. We're also going to have a Viewer's Choice Award, so the, the YouTube video on our page that gets the most likes will get some publicity out of that as well. So we're trying to make this a win-win for everyone. But um, it's the first time we're doing it. We'll see how it goes. We're really excited about it, so I appreciate the well, platform. Fun. And what's the what's the deadline to get in on this uh, on this contest? Midnight December 31st. So you really have for 2012 to get these in, and then we'll start the judging next uh, uh, month. Actually, I can't believe it's going to be January. Oh, okay, already. Oh, perfect. So that so that's a little bit of an extension, I think, from your website. Yeah. Um, your website says December 18th. You're extending that to December 31st. So that's great. So everybody exactly. listening today knows about the extension. Um, yeah. That's terrific. And I hope that uh, when you have your winners, you'll come back here on the Nonprofit Coach and let us know who the winners are and possibly bring the winners along with you. Oh, we'd love to do that. Thank you for this platform. We really appreciate getting the word out this way. Absolutely. And that's the host of uh, the Guide Star Minute here on the Nonprofit Coach, Lindsay Nichols. Uh, from GuideStar. Hey, you have a wonderful holiday, and we'll catch up with you next month. Sounds great. You too, Ted. Take care. All right. Take care. Um, next up here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach is just, uh, as you know, we always try to bring uh, for nonprofit organizations little tips and ways that you can save money and expand your reach. And over in the radio links today, uh, particularly for smaller nonprofits that may have trouble uh, with things such as voicemail and receiving faxes and things of that sort, um, you can potentially save money by eliminating that second phone line uh, at your organization if you're looking for ways to uh, trim your budget um, by using K7. K7.net is unified messaging. Uh, this is free faxes and voicemail messages um, that go right into your email. Uh, so all the details are over in the radio links today at uh, tedhart.com, and you can sign up uh, for free web-based unified messaging for your organization. Um, and we've got uh, a couple of little tips there on how to make that really work uh, for your organization. Uh, next up here on uh, on the nonprofit coach. Um, now I, I'm just going to set this up because today here on uh, page one and page two uh, we have three of the most popular uh, people ever in the history of the nonprofit coach. Uh, we have uh, coming up next uh, here, uh, we have number six, uh, number six, uh, the most popular um, uh, guest here, expert on the nonprofit coach is Clint O'Brien. Uh, Clint O'Brien is here. Um, he's actually going to be back here on the show uh, coming up. And, and Clint, thank you again for uh, coming back here uh, to the nonprofit coach. Happy holidays. You too, Ted. Now, Clint, uh, we're putting together a really special show, uh, you and I, uh, to help people, uh, help our listeners uh, make sense of um, uh, sort of the, the division, I guess, um, in this country post-election um, in um, the values that represent nonprofit organizations and, and how you need to um, represent that in your campaigns. Now, I don't want to steal any of your thumber, thunder, but just give us a little bit of, of what people can expect uh, on December 11th when you next week when you are back here as our page two expert. Sure. Well, you and I were talking about the uh, lots of people in our sector were talking about the controversy earlier this year with the Susan G. Komen Foundation uh, when that 
nonprofit organization announced that it would no longer fund Planned Parenthood. And uh, we got talking about the pitfalls and the opportunities that nonprofits face. And frankly, social enterprises like my company, Care2, face them as well. But um, these are the, the, the pitfalls that we face when it comes to social values and making sure that our conduct stays true to our mission as well as to the expectations of our stakeholders and partners and donors. And, um, you know, my company, Care2, is a B corporation, which is a type of social enterprise, um, but we have an audience of 21 million do-gooders who are passionate about making a difference for the causes that they care about. And we're also privileged to work with more than 1,000 nonprofits. So we've learned from our own experience as well as from observing our clients' experiences about, you know, the challenges that are, that are associated with this because you have to communicate your core values consistently and, um, and, and make partnerships that make sense. I mean, for example, uh, some nonprofits partner with corporations and others don't. I mean, uh, the Nature Conservancy does and Environmental Defense Fund doesn't. Why is that? And what are, you know, why, what are the concerns that lead them to make those choices? Uh, so next some, week some here on the show, uh, so Clint, next week here on the show, uh, you're going to really help us and help my listeners sort out sort of this intersection of core values um, and promoting your organization, representing those who support you. Um, and that, 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 as you're pointing out here, um, is not always black and white. Well, exactly. Uh, it's, it's messy, too. Um, <laughs> and that's what makes it interesting, but it's also, you know, it's kind of a, an area of risk and has to be managed, and, and people have to be very proactive in their communications. And, and in that spirit, I would encourage your listeners to maybe send in suggestions for uh, topics that we could cover next week when we have this discussion, which I'm really looking forward to. Well, I am as well. And, uh, Clint, uh, congratulations on, uh, on being uh, uh, chosen by our listeners uh, as uh, the number six most popular expert here on the Nonprofit Coach of all time. Uh, so congratulations and thank you uh, for agreeing to come back and share your expertise here on the Nonprofit Coach next week, December 11th, 12 noon Eastern. Looking forward to it. Take care. All right. Uh, we'll talk to Clint O'Brien from care Two org again next week. Now, as I said, uh, a real special uh, treat for all of us uh, today, uh, particularly for me as your host, um, is that we also have another top 10 uh, expert here on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, the ever-popular Kay Sprinkle Grace is here uh, to talk about her upcoming show. Now, Kay, uh, congratulations. You are the number two most popular expert ever in the history of the Nonprofit Coach radio show. Um, what makes you so popular? Ted, what a terrible question. I don't know. Um, I really don't know what makes me popular. I just know that I speak from my heart and that the longer I'm in this profession, the more I value it and the more I really treasure the professionalism and the involvement of volunteers. And it is just my, my unending belief that we are the most vibrant sector of our economy. We are just simply extraordinary. And my biggest concern these days is I, we kind of get in the way of ourselves. And that's really what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about self-gifting. And the self-gift that I'm going to talk about is how do we keep from getting in the way of ourselves when we have so much that we can accomplish if we just let our mission be our beacon and our vision be our roadmap. And so that's really what I want to say uh, when I come on on December 18th. Well, I, it's great to have you back here on December 18th, and I just want to make uh, uh, note uh, to all of my listeners today that you are so popular here on the show that you are our perennial holiday um, show okay. uh, expert. Um, you, uh, over in the radio links today, people will find a link uh, to the last time that you were here on the show, which was December 20th, 2011, uh, one of the most popular podcasts in the history of Nonprofit Coach. So we've provided a link to that podcast. And then, of course, a link, as you just mentioned, you'll be back here wrapping up uh, this uh, year for the Nonprofit Coach on December 18th. We will then immediately begin our uh, winter um, holiday hiatus uh, for the show coming back the first week of February uh, from the holidays. So, Kay Sprinkle, great. Congratulations on being the number two most popular expert in the history of the Nonprofit Coach. Not at least uh, a surprise to any of us here, and we're thrilled that you will be back to share your wit and wisdom uh, here as our guest for the annual holiday show 
Well, I can't wait, Ted, and I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, you, I I understand you're down there in Houston. I am. I'm uh, in Houston. Yeah, you're thrilling the nonprofit executives down in Houston, and you'll be here live as our page two expert in just a couple of weeks. Thanks so much, Ted. You bet. Until then, Kay, you be well. Take care. Um, and that's Kay, uh, Kay Sprinkle Grace, who will be back here as our page two expert um, on the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show on December 18th. And that will be our last uh, show uh, before the uh, winter holiday uh, break that will take us through uh, February. Uh, so that's what we have here on uh, page one news. That means it's time for page two. <laughs> Now, our page two expert also has the distinction of being the number seven most popular uh, guest here on the Nonprofit Coach of all time, uh, and that is no other than Steve Hafner. Upon graduation from George Mason University in 1991, uh, Steve became involved in the nonprofit industry, working with Higher Education Publications, Inc. Uh, He developed what would become the most definitive database on corporate matching gift policies, GIFT+. Steve founded uh, HEP Development Services in 1996. Uh, He provides uh, data services to the nonprofit industry. His philosophy of providing accurate data with phenomenal customer service has been the backbone of his firm's growth. Uh, And uh, here live is the number seven most popular uh, expert in the history of the nonprofit coach, Steve Hafner. Hey, Ted. Good to be on with you. It's great to be in the top ten. Yeah, no, well, congratulations. I'm going to ask you the uh, the same question uh, that I just asked uh, uh, Kay Sprinkle-Grace, who's our number two most popular. Uh, what makes you so popular? Well, I think our, our methods of matching gifts and the ability to uh, double a donation and impact your cause uh, with very little to no effort uh, is a very popular theme. And in a time of a you know an economy that is rebuilding, I think you have to look for every potential dollar out there uh, to fund your cause. Well, I agree, and 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 your organization does even more than that. So what we want to explore today um, is exactly how people can uh, be successful with matching gift support. But you you also um, help folks uh, beyond matching gifts. So why don't you give us a little bit more? Uh, background on the various services of help, uh, development services. Sure. Yeah, we what we do, Ted, is we provide various data enrichment services which help nonprofits engage donors, and they can be very basic services such as email appending, updating addresses, updating home phone numbers, uh, getting into opt-in cell phone numbers so that you can engage the donor. You know, you can't raise money if you can't reach your donors, right? Uh, we also do things such as uh, wealth mining. Uh, we provide asset-based wealth tracking. And what makes HEP unique is our next-generation technology, where we're literally tracking wealth in real time. Of course, it's all public domain data, but instead of a, a one-time screening, sort of one-and-done, and you provide the data back to the nonprofit, HEP provides you a daily email uh, alert on real-time transactions that are taking place. So something of interest, if I'm a fundraiser and I'm responsible for five, six, and seven-digit type gifts, uh, I want to know if something's going on with my pool of prospects that I'm managing. That's what HEP allows, uh, allows uh, the nonprofit end user to do. I want to explore all that a little bit further with you, but can, can we talk a little bit about an, an issue that I don't think is discussed enough um, and that is the ethics of data mining and the ethics of appending information and all that, and, and why it's important to work with a firm uh, that is watching where is this data coming from. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, go I mean, ahead. What do nonprofits need to keep in mind? Um, because just mining the Internet and, 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 and taking information off the Internet um, is is not seen as ethical. So um, where does your firm come in and making sure that if I'm using information, I'm using it appropriately? What what we do is every all of our information, Ted, is sourced. And I'll give you a really good example. With email appending, for example, uh, we have what's called an opt-in file. So these are email addresses from, from folks who 
opted in through any number of sources, say a magazine subscription, uh, could have ordered something, whatever the case may be. And, and, and what I tell people, and I was on the phone with a, a larger nonprofit yesterday uh, looking at doing some email appending, uh, I gave an example of uh, a school in Virginia, a state school, that had done uh, an email append. And what they, the alum had asked actually how they had, they had gotten the email after uh, doing the email append. And while you, you oftentimes won't get asked that, occasionally you will, and you better have a good answer. And so in this particular case, we were actually able to source the email from uh, where it came, the date it came in, and the time. And so to be able to provide that level of detail on, on, on it uh, was good for our, our customer, in this case the state school, but also it, it, it is important to know where the data is coming from. And, and when you say um, sourcing, um, if, if someone were a client of yours, um, you're able to backtrack and, and share uh, the trail of how that information came about and how that was truly opt-in? Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's exactly uh, and that's, what we're and, and to your experience, how often is that uh, very important detail missed? You know, we do what we do, Ted, and so we don't focus, uh, to be candid, on all the other vendors out there. Uh, and so I don't, I don't see a lot of, say, unsourcing. You know, for example, I would assume that all the, vet, the other vendors are adhering to, uh, you know, a, a, a fairly strict code of how they obtain data. You know, because at the end of the day, I mean, you've seen the evolution of our firm over the last 13, 14 years. You don't get to be successful in this industry if you cut corners. Well, and, that, and that's true. I, I guess I wasn't uh, so much focusing on your competition or folks that are doing that, but charities themselves, because, I, you know, I, I have uh, in my travels run across uh, charities uh, or executives who feel that if it's on the Internet, if I – find an email address or find a, a phone number, um, I'm free to then uh, use that email address. I'm free to then uh, prospect that person. And what, what um, it, it, there's a difference between a one-off contact and asking to communicate than to add someone to your database as if you own that data. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can't just go adding names to someone uh, who, who isn't a donor or, you know, someone who hasn't attended a function uh, or shown some level of interest. Uh, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And in, in doing – so in the information that you provide, what I want to do is I want to focus on sort of the, the various aspects of, of what you just discussed. Now, you're, you're most known for the major gift work because you really sort of pioneered um, making gift. that accessible. Uh, uh, the matching gift, right, the, the matching gift. You, you sort of pioneered making that accessible. I mean, the, the, the fact that that's been around has been around for many, many years. But for a lot of charities, that was really a mystery in terms of how do I process all of that and how do I know who matches and, and all that. So um, if someone is a client of yours, and, and we've got listeners today who are, are looking to double and sometimes triple or more um, the gifts that they're receiving, how does this work? So what we try to do is every every different medium with which a nonprofit can communicate with a potential donor and friend, Ted, we try to make matching gifts part of that discussion. And so the first thing, if I had, a, if I had a, just a, a small to maybe mid-level nonprofit that was interested in matching gifts, what I would do is we'd, we would, the first thing we'd do is we'd give them a web presence because matching gifts don't just walk in the door uh, to any great degree. I mean, you will get some that, that trickle in, but the key to matching gifts, it, it's twofold, promoting it. Uh, externally to your donor base and creating a culture within your organization of matching gifts. And so what we're going to do is we're going to give folks a web presence uh, where they can take the HEP plug-in. Uh, you can plug it into your donation page through partnerships with various vendors, which we can talk about later. Uh, you can uh, just paste it throughout your website on you know ways to help my nonprofit or ways to maximize my gifts. But what it does is it just gives that, that first baseline promotion of matching gifts, you can look up the company, determine if your employer is match eligible, and retrieve the matching gift form URL. That matching gift form URL is critical. If you don't have it, you've got to ask for it 
to HR. And by HEP providing it to the nonprofit and they're then providing it to the donor, you've made that process uh, that much easier. Well, and, and, and that's part of what you have streamlined, right? I mean, in, in the past, um, you had to contact the employee, have the employee go to their HR department, find the right person who has the form, fill out the form, send it to you, you sign the form and send it uh, in for processing. And there's so many steps along that way that the, the employee might forget or they don't know who to contact or HR isn't uh, responsive. And so the doubling of that gift you know, becomes very costly. That's exactly right. And the easier you make it for the for the uh, donor, uh, the more likely you're going to have uh, you're more likely you're going to get that gift matched. Now, in addition to the matching gift link and uh, getting a presence on your website, you also want to look at uh, depending on if you're an in, you know uh, higher ed or you're a uh, you know nonprofit charity, social service, whatever the case may be. We also want to look at your do what you're doing in direct mail. Mail. Uh, are you sending? Uh, a note that says be sure to check with your company to see if it's match eligible, or are you doing some front-end data mining uh, so that you can target the donor and say our records indicate you work for ExxonMobil and your gift will be matched. Uh, you know, and that's very powerful to be able to say that, that you're in the know, um, that, that you're, you're there as a partner to expand the reach of, of that donor. Um, I would imagine that that's pretty impressive to a donor to be able to uh, make something like that happen. No, no question. And occasionally, I'll get asked, uh, you know, but what if our employment data is bad? What I tell them, I said, let's let's just assume that three out of ten employer names on your system are in fact uh, incorrect. It's a great opportunity to uh, then softly say, our records indicate you work for ExxonMobil. If any of our information is dated, please take this opportunity to let us know where you're working. Turn it into a positive. Absolutely, and 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 so even if they're in the wrong wrong place, you might be able to connect them to their new employer, um, or at at the very least, update your records. That's exactly right. Yeah, uh, Steve, we're going to take a, a real quick uh, real quick break here, and when when we come back, um, I do want to come back and explore the issue of uh, matching gifts, but keeping in mind the amount of time that we have today, I really want to delve into wealth identification and how that's done and how that works and particularly at this time of year when a lot of nonprofits are preparing for 2013 how transformative could this be uh, to even a small nonprofit in their ability uh, to reach out and raise more money we'll be right back after the break Just a real quick uh, program note here. Just uh, get out your pencils and your calendar. Of course, today we are live with Steve Hafner, um, and we're talking about finding wealth and increasing corporate matching gifts uh, for your organization. Uh, next week we will be um, uh, live here on the Nonprofit Coach with Clint O'Brien. We'll be talking about core values and how those match up with raising money for your organization and staying true. Uh, to your population that is supporting you. We wrap up this calendar year for the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show on December 18th. Uh, Kay Sprinkle Grace will be here talking about um, how you can be strategic for the new year and how you can uh, be successful in fundraising. This is our annual holiday show uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach, and Kay Sprinkle Grace is always our guest for the holiday show. We then go on holiday hiatus, um, and that holiday hiatus um, will actually – uh, take us uh, through until we come back from hiatus on February 5th. So the first show back in the new year uh, will be uh, February 5th. Um, and so the, uh, during that time, we do want to draw your attention to um, more than 100 podcasts that are available here on the Nonprofit Coach. And over in the radio links today, we are providing you uh, with a breakdown of the top 10 uh, uh, guests of all time so that if you want to use that time to get caught up on some of the very most popular podcasts ever here on the Nonprofit Coach, 
uh, you can join literally tens of thousands of your colleagues uh, who are regularly listening to our podcast. Um, I want to take this opportunity to thank all of my listeners, and I will again before the end of the year, uh, for um, really uh, dramatically increasing uh, the listenership this year. I, uh, our listenership has uh, more than tripled uh, over last year, and last year was a record-breaking year here on the Nonprofit Coach. So, again, you can find all of the podcasts at tedhart.com. Uh, please join us now through the end of the year, and then mark the coming back from the holiday hiatus which will be on February 5th. Uh, we're going to head back over to our page two expert today, Steve Hafner uh, from HEP Development. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. And we're back live here on the Nonprofit Coach with uh, Steve Hafner, uh, the number seven most popular uh, guest ever in the history of Nonprofit Coach. And I'm sure that this show uh, will keep him uh, very high in our ratings because uh, we are talking about three different things that his uh, firm, Pep Development, can help your organization. And I think that this is particularly um, a good time of year for these topics because, Steve, each of the various services that, that your firm offers um, help organizations transform the way that they raise money by expanding uh, the use of data. And I, and I call that smart fundraising. Uh, when you're not just sort of going from the gut or you're just sort of shotgun sending out emails and, and direct mail letters, but you're being more targeted. And part of that is wealth identification. Um, how does that work, and, and what can that do for an organization? Well, what it can do is uh, it can turn you into a multi, what we call a multidimensional fundraiser, Ted. So instead of taking, you know, the approach that, you, you know, we're connected, you care about our cause, we're going to ask you for for another donation, you know, an annual gift, an annual appeal, whatever it may be. Identifying wealth within your database allows you to identify leadership givers, folks who might be interested in making a planned gift, folks who are grateful donors who are willing to support you beyond the typical annual gift. And by doing uh, a wealth screening, a wealth monitoring, whatever you'd like to call it, you're going to focus in on, uh, let's say, a database of 10,000 and get down to maybe you know, 500, 1,000 donors who could really uh, advance your cause and, and impact, uh, allow their gift to really impact what your organization does. So it, it's extremely important. It doesn't matter if you have 2,000 records or you have uh, 3 million. You know, we work with everybody in between. Uh, so it really is, uh, candidly, it's critical. And, and what what have you seen actually identified? I mean, when, you, when you're doing this, are you – sort of uh, tapping into a super secret uh, database of wealthy people that you provide to nonprofits, or are you helping them identify date, uh, wealthy people in their own database? It's, it's wealthy people within their database. And what help, HEP data does differently than most of the other vendors out there, data, uh, Ted, has become a commodity. I have this database, you get this database. You know, we all have 20, 25 different databases. What we focus on is getting to information, uh, number one, that's as real-time as you possibly can, and number two, two, that might be unique in nature. For example, uh, we have a product called Wealth Monitor, which is an alert service within our product, uh, Wealth Tracker. Wealth Monitor tracks international events. Ted, that's some of the toughest data in the world to, to collect, and it's through a partnership with Financial Times, through, through our partners with uh, Financial Times of London. And it allows us to see wealth-creating events that may or may not take place. And to be able to identify wealth events, be it international or in the U.S., ahead of time, before they take place, allows the fundraiser to make that engagement uh, before everybody else is at the table. So it gets down to timing is of, is of the essence. That's our focus. Yeah, and so what have you seen? I mean, what are some examples of, of – what actually happened for nonprofits that, that you've worked with um, that came into this maybe not having a sense of, of uh, the kind of major gift support that's possible, um, or is this just enhancing um, information they already had? I'll give you an example of a, of a large organization. Uh, they, we started working with them about four years ago, 
and they were spending a lot of money on wealth research. And, and to that end, the cost uh, of wealth research has gone down dramatically. It's being done uh, way more efficiently. There are more vendors in the space providing it, and as a result, the nonprofits are, are, are able to take advantage of this point in time. Just data is not that expensive. Uh, this one particular nonprofit, uh, they raised, just recently closed a $7 million gift on a person who we identified about two years ago. Uh, I think they spent about five grand a year with us annually, so I'll let you do the math on that. Uh, <laughs> that's a pretty, pretty good ROI you got there. <laughs> that's, that's very good ROI. That's the kind of ROI our customers like to see and we, we obviously like to provide. Um, but it, it's not just for, for folks raising a $7 million gift, Ted. We've got listeners out here, I guarantee, who getting a $10,000 gift will mean a lot. Uh, and, that, and that's what this will do. It, it, uh, you know, a leadership gift is a leadership gift. So, you know, we're looking for folks who are capable of 25 k and over to help the nonprofits. And I know there's a lot of folks listening that that would be uh, a big deal for them. You know, it doesn't have to be a $2 million gift necessarily. And how do you do this identification? What, what sorts of criteria do you overlay on uh, a charity's data file that gives them confidence that what you're providing to them is, uh, um, is significant? That's, that's a great question. We're not doing any analytics or any we think this is happening. We give uh, detailed asset-based information. So we're looking at, for example, SEC insiders' information, you know, people who are 144, 13 defilers, so they have to uh, register with the SEC. That data has to get reported. Uh, you know, they own more than 5% of a company or they're a principal in a publicly traded company. Uh, we're looking at information uh, on professional bios. Uh, we have a file of 60 million professional bios. We have software that is uh, monitoring, you know, 6 million-plus corporate websites. So what we're looking to do is get information on um, – getting back to this one-dimensional fundraiser versus a multi-dimensional fundraiser, we're looking to not just know that this person is a donor, but what's the next step? It's knowing where they work and what their job title is. That's step one. Step two is, you know, are there any real estate assets potentially, uh, matching gift information, of course, philanthropic interests? What other organizations have they donated to? Have they, have they donated to similar institutions, similar organizations? Uh, that's so you, you create a profile for uh, is it the first thing you do is you identify wealth indicators and then provide a profile so I might know if they've made other major gifts elsewhere what their areas of interest might be what kind of wealth they have I mean that that's actionable data I mean that that's stuff that you can actually make decisions on that that's exactly right that's exactly what we're doing and then we even get into things like speaking engagements if you've got Somebody's graduated from a, a med school and they're going to be speaking on cardiothoracic medicine. If I'm, if that person is in my pool of, of someone who I want to meet, I want to know that. I want to maybe I want to attend. Maybe I want to send them a note and congratulate them. Now, what's the timeliness of this kind of data? I mean, is this updated on a regular basis? Is this fed to the charity, or is this sort of a a marker in time? It, it is a 24/7 email alert. To the, to the charity, and it can go directly to a researcher. So typically, depending on the size of your organization, Ted, you may get a couple of emails a day. You may get, uh, you know, dozens of emails a day. It just depends on the size of the charity. But what we're looking to do and our mission is is to send you actionable data, you know, intelligence on a daily basis on what's happening with your uh, pool of donors. And then beyond that, what we attempt to do is continue to look for new donor sources so you're not constantly going through the same donors year in and year out. Now, how do I know if these are my people um, or just uh, people that are similar? So what you would do is you, you, the nonprofit would send us through a secure server uh, their names and addresses of their donors, and we would screen this uh, against our sources to identify the wealth, create the profile, and then provide it back to the, uh, the end user, the nonprofits. And from that point forward, uh, that, uh, that individual, which we're, we're already monitoring the wealth that's going on, you know, if you will, 
but now we've made the link to the charity, which uh, allows us to send daily reports on what's transpiring. So they have to, let's say they file to sell a million shares of stock, Ted, that has to be noted. So we're able to capture that and send it out to the, to the nonprofit. And, and, that, and again, that can really affect you know the what the ask might be or or the the timeliness of of making an appropriate ask. You better believe it. Absolutely, as you now, said, uh, actionable intelligence. Yeah. So so uh, so Steve, what's the ideal uh, organization to make benefit of this? I mean, is this truly any size, any type of organization, or is there a point at which my listeners would know that they, they should be seriously considering this because it's timely? I, I think any organization with more than 2,000 members or donors uh, would want to consider this. So as long as you've got 2,000 active files or just uh, 2,000 names in your database? 2,000 names in your database. And then you have it screened. Now, what would say I, you know, I'm a small nonprofit, um, and I I have the minimum uh, 2,000 files. What would that likely cost me? What what would I need to budget for that? We start out Ted at about $2,000, and it goes up from there. But our base packages, I mean, we, for example, one of the opportunities that we offer to any nonprofit is we'll screen up to 100,000 records, free of charge. And then we'll do a demo showing uh, the information that we found, and it's really eye-opening to the VPs and to the development officers to see where the wealth really is, because that's what we are showing them. We're showing them, uh, you know, heretofore, uh, you know, unknown wealth. We do that free of charge. So if nothing else, you can get an idea of what's in my database, so you can begin okay. to, you can so, begin so to you benchmark can get, you, you can get sort of a, a, a preview Exactly. Uh, what might what the the and then I can decide if I want to buy the report. Exactly. Yeah, and then you okay. can say, listen, I'd like I'd like to uh, focus in on a thousand donors. So we have price points for that, but it starts at about I believe it's two thousand dollars, and it goes up. But to, you know, to screen a hundred thousand record file and ultimately buy the package, uh, which would be giving you access to the profiles and giving you the the twenty four seven daily alerts. Uh, you'd be looking at about five grand. So we're not talking a lot of money, and it, it really is true that the price of, of wealth screening has come down dramatically, which is good for the well, nonprofits. If you, think of, if you if you think of it as in terms of you send out a direct mail and you don't know what's going to come back, there's not there's there, there's you know some indication of prior giving, but if you're looking to transform and really jumpstart a major gift campaign. Um, there's really no better way to start than to do an electronic screen of your database so that you know who to focus on. Absolutely. That's exactly what I you mean, have just, to do. Just because, just because they're, they're identified as having wealth in, in your, uh, with your, your data set doesn't mean that they're going to give. Uh, but you can't approach someone for a major gift if they don't have the money. So it's, it's a chicken and the egg sort of thing where you've got to know that the wealth is there and then – you have to do the hard development work of actually building a relationship, but now you know what, what's that short list. What's that short list, and hopefully what we're able to do as well is identify inclination. If we see inclination, that, that's a big indicator of will they support us. Steve, we're going to uh, take a, a real quick break, and when we come back, I want to uh, uh, touch on and, and learn more about sort of the third area uh, that my listeners can benefit from, and that's data enrichment. What is that, and how does that work? And we'll be right back after the break. Every day, millions of people are online, many of whom want to help, volunteer, and donate to a good cause. Nonprofit organizations can use many Google tools to reach potential donors around the world and raise more money. And as an approved nonprofit, it doesn't cost a thing. It's all free. Google Grants helps you promote your website with free advertising on Google.com through the AdWords program. With Google AdWords, you create ads and choose words or phrases related to your nonprofit organization. When people search on Google using one of your phrases, your ad will appear next to the Google search results under the Sponsored Links section. AdWords allows you to target certain geographic areas, dates, and times of day for your ads to appear. YouTube for Nonprofits is another tool that can boost donations to your organization. The program offers a number of perks that get your message out there and drive viewers to take action and donate. 
You can list your organization on YouTube's nonprofit channel and add call to action overlays on your videos to drive viewers to donate. Need help analyzing your website traffic and marketing effectiveness? Google Analytics is a free tool that will give you rich insight and help you increase the number of people that visit and donate to your site. Google Analytics can be invaluable to many people in your organization, such as development directors, marketing staff, and your web team. There are many other tools that can help you reach more donors and raise funds, like Google Checkout, where you can process credit card donations with no transaction fee, Google Sites to create a free website, and Website Optimizer, where you can figure out the best landing pages to turn site visitors into donors. To get started, apply for Google for Nonprofits today. And we're back here live on the Nonprofit Coach. We have uh, Steve Hafner, the number seven most popular uh, guest uh, on the Nonprofit Coach, and he's coming to us from uh, HEP Development Services. And we're exploring various ways that nonprofit organizations can prepare for the new year to transform uh, their giving. And we've already um, explored uh, today uh, matching gifts and, and how that can um, uh, uh, change your, your giving a model of wealth identification. And we're going to spend a few moments now uh, with Steve exploring data enrichment. What is that? How does it work? And why would it be profitable? So, Ted, what data enrichment is, it is uh, a series of services that takes donor information and makes sure that information is accurate and, uh, and up-to-date as possible. And our mantra is a little bit of data enrichment a lot of the time beats a lot of data enrichment when your data is bad. And so we have customers, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, customers from 2,000 records up to 2 million plus. We have users anywhere in that spectrum. Uh, and what we're looking to do specifically is keep the ability to contact these uh, uh, donors uh, make that available to the to the nonprofit so that you can have a higher contact rate. So, for example, uh, we're appending home phone numbers. At any one point in time, you know, 15% of your database could have inaccurate numbers. Well, that costs you money when you're dialing and you're not reaching somebody. Well, that costs you money when you put uh, postage together and you're not uh, getting your message out to the individual. Same thing with emails. I mean, just being able to append an email address and uh, – Engage people digitally as opposed to through traditional snail mail. We, there are a lot of nonprofits that have never appended email addresses. They have some, but they have never gone through an appending process. And it really is baseline in uh, it should be baseline in uh, nonprofits' overall de- uh, you know development strategy. And how successful is that? I mean, one, one of the concerns, particularly with emails. Um, is the source of that, and, and it, is that an opt-in? Does that provide an opportunity uh, for the charity, or are they potentially uh, erroring uh, into spam? Well, they're not. So, so typically with an email append, uh, keeping in best practices, we're obviously only appending email uh, addresses where we know there's a relationship with the donor or the friend, right? So we're not prospecting. So we're looking at uh, people with whom they have an existing relationship. What then transpires is you do an email append, and then you, the nonprofit will send what's called a welcome letter, Ted. That welcome letter is really important. That gives – it can say whatever the nonprofit wants it to say, but it may say something along the lines of, in an effort to better engage you, serve you, uh, we'd like to communicate with you electronically. If you don't want to receive information from this charity – uh, opt out here. So you, you, it's called a welcome letter, but what it does is it allows the, the donor to opt out of receiving digital communication. Once you've done that, you've passed muster, and I think that's important because you do want to uh, make sure that you're appending data and doing things properly. Uh, but it, what it also does is it validates the address that was appended is, in fact, good, which is important. And what um, uh, when, when you're, you're doing that work, do you – you also provide that strategic guidance in terms of a step-by-step kind of campaign because most uh, nonprofits wouldn't necessarily know, okay, I do this first, I do this second. So do you provide a little bit of the recipe book to how do you do this well and, and based on you know, a lot of experience, this is what most populations would respond well to? We, we do. We, that's exactly what we do. Uh, a good example, yesterday I got a call from a school in the Northeast that had never done an email append. And so – 
this, this person, she wanted as much information on email pending as she possibly could get. And I said, you know what, we can go back and forth in email. Why don't we chat? So we, we talked. It was pretty, pretty, pretty clear they had never done that. That was the first question out of my mouth. And so that's exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get a highly trained, uh, in our case, a highly trained consultant who is going to give you a step-by-step, this is what will happen, this is how it's done, and this is what you can expect when we're over. Now, what about phone number uh, pending? What kind of advice are you giving, and, and what, do you, uh, what do you think uh, nonprofits should be doing in terms of outbound phone calling these days? You know, in terms of strategy with phone calling, that's not really what we do. What, what, what we provide are the numbers so that they can go out and, and uh, make these dials. And uh, we traditionally, you know, Ted, our, our business is across the board. It's not just higher ed, which is where we got our start. I would say we have a larger stake in the non, overall nonprofit community than in the, the higher ed community. Uh, and we're starting to see those trends with data enrichment as well. Um, and not just large places, you know, like in American Cancer or World, World Vision, which have been doing data enrichment for, for a long time. But these smaller and medium-sized nonprofits, they're starting to do it now. And uh, so that's the trend that we're seeing. And, and the success of that is that uh, is, is the, the production of all of that as, as uh, rich as you've seen in the past, or is that becoming a tougher uh, strategy to do well? Well, you mean with phone calling in general? Yes. That's an excellent question. Personally, that's not my area of expertise, but my sense, and just from you know being in the space, is that it, it is a, it is tougher. You know, I, I mean, I don't answer my home phone at all. You know, and it it it, it gets down to, uh, you know, so where do you go from here? So you've got a couple of different options. You've got uh, cell phone appending, which is uh, now uh, you know pretty much baseline with. Uh, a lot of the market, and of course that's opt-in data as well, very similar to the email that we discussed. Uh, we know, statistically speaking, from vendors that we partner with, Ted, uh, large phonathon firms, that you, you're more likely to catch an alum on their cell phone than you are at home. In fact, many people don't even have the home phone. So uh, home phone, depending while we're still doing it, the trend is towards cell phones. And certainly, you know, emails are, are more and more relevant. Well, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people get a little bit nervous about using cell phones. So is it is it like most things, is there is it a combination of these tools and not just, oh, I'm going to phone or I'm going to email or I'm going to direct mail? Is it really a strategic campaign that you're talking about and that you're supporting, uh, or is one more profitable than the other? It, it depends on the nonprofit. It, it totally depends on the nonprofit. Some nonprofits have extremely successful direct mail campaigns. Some have phenomenal uh, phone campaigns. Some have both. Some have great digital campaigns. And so it, it, it's leaning towards the spectrum. You know, and then you have these large nonprofits which have been around Ted for many, many years, and they're just getting into social media, you know, or they're, or they're just getting into uh, – you know, email solicitations, and they're kind of testing the water. So it's kind of interesting to see how this is evolving. But what you have to to do is you have to see what ultimately is successful and and based on your profile of donor. Um, Some nonprofits, the the, uh, donors are, um, you know, the majority of them are retirees. You know, what's the best way to engage retirees? And so that's something that they have to figure out. So a part of part of this is is understanding your own market and this uh, the the sort of uh, data intelligence that you can provide um, really helps an organization be more strategic um, and therefore hopefully um, by reducing costs by being more strategic you're maximizing every dollar raised. That's that's exactly right. So Steve, um, as we're approaching. Uh, Sadly, the end of the show, and that always seems to be the case when we're having such a, uh, a really terrific, informative uh, discussion. Uh, break all this down or review for us each of the, the various services, um, and I'll just kind of uh, prompt you uh, on each of these just to, to make sure that, that my listeners today um, have your one or two top tips uh, in each of these areas as to what they should look for, whether they work for you or not, work with you or not. It's where does this fit within a campaign? So matching gifts. 
Sure, absolutely. So matching gifts, what you want to make sure is that within your organization, whether you have a successful matching gift program or you don't, and I, I would venture to guess that a lot of folks in the audience now really want to maximize matching gifts, particularly at the end of the year. Uh, what you want to look at is every way you're engaging donors, uh, you want to make matching gifts part of that discussion. And that's what we'll do at HEP is identify which of your donors are matching gift eligible, uh, provide the information on that company's matching gift policy or guidelines, if you will, so that you can email the guidelines to the donor in an acknowledgement. You can make it readily available when you're calling them. You can make it readily available in your, in your snail mail. Uh, creating a culture of matching gifts within your organization and making somebody responsible for it uh, right will, now, pay, Steve, will pay off. Steve, what's typically the window that charities can successfully get a matching gift? In other words, if I'm here at year end and I've been raising money all year and I hadn't thought about this and now I want to uh, try to get those, can I go all the way back to January or what for, for the – and I know it's probably different because each uh, – uh, organization has its own policies, but in general, how far back can I go to try to get a gift of the very raised match? Well, well it, it varies. It's typically within the same fiscal year, so uh, okay. most, most nonprofits are going to be uh, July 1, so typically within 12 months. Now, the deadlines for many of those, Ted, that, that varies. Most of them are annually or continuously, so continuously is good because then you can, uh, you know, they'll match gifts you can send the acknowledgement or, excuse me, send the, the guidelines in and gift, get the gift match at any point in time during the year. Uh, some match quarterly, it, it, it just depends. But having those guidelines and knowing when the distribution dates are and when the deadline dates for the donor to submit the form is, is really critical. Now, um, the, the next area that I want to just quickly review is wealth identification. What's the top one or two tips that you have uh, going into the new year? Make sure that you're working with a, a vendor, uh, a reputable vendor that uh, can help you identify uh, where the wealth in your database is. And as I noted before, you don't have to spend a lot of money to do this. And at HEP, what we're going to focus on and our users want uh, is identifying actionable information uh, in a real-time format uh, so that you are not sifting through tens of thousands of bits of information. We help you kind of sort that out and, again, make the engagement process that much more efficient. And, uh, and how about uh, data enrichment? So data enrichment, as we noted earlier, it, it is about uh, providing a little bit of a data enrichment a lot of the time. And we have customers on annual subscriptions, so they will uh, NCOA, National Change of Address, their database uh, every quarter for example, or six times a year. It's less expensive to do that, pumping your records through phone appending if you're doing any type of phone campaign, running your records through email appending if you've got a digital campaign. Uh, and, of course, the addresses are critical because most people are sending out acknowledgments and so forth. So a little bit of that on a, on a, uh, a lot of the time is what you want to be doing. And, Ted, if anybody has any questions, I know they can reach me through you. Um, I know the podcast will be re, you know, uh, uh, put up on your website, but uh, we're happy to answer any and all questions. Well, um, please make sure that my, my listeners know how to reach you directly. So how, how could they reach you? So they can reach us, uh, HEP Data, that's www.hepdata.com, uh, or info at hepdata.com, or 800-681-4438. Regardless if you want to work with us, uh, feel free to ask questions. And one thing that, that I didn't mention, Ted, which is worth noting, uh, we have a learning center, which is second to none. There are over 30 current webinars from industry experts uh, that you can download. It's totally free. It, it might be American Cancer Society on how they've gone from 4 million in matching gifts to over 14 million matching gifts in just a few years. Uh, it might be World Vision. It might be a small uh, high school. It just depends. Uh, and there's some great information in, in there and best practice, practices that you can share with your staff, and it doesn't cost you a dime. 
Well, that's uh, that's terrific. Um, here, right at the end of the show, I do want to make uh, note uh, over in our newsletter, uh, which is available at tedhart.com. Uh, uh, we did want to make note of the fact that this is the time of year that a lot of folks plan for uh, conferences and meetings and training events, um, and they can go to the newsletter and get information on how to book me as a speaker. Uh, this is a time of year that we are often working with folks on a variety of different uh, uh, topics, and while they're there, uh, as you just mentioned, Steve, they can access all the podcasts. Uh, this show will be available about 20 minutes after the show ends, uh, which we are wrapping up right now. So it's my opportunity to uh, thank uh, Steve Hafner uh, from HEP Development Services for all of your assistance today, the wonderful tips, and we wish all of our uh, uh, listeners uh, today great success. And just to remind you that we will be back next week, uh, December 11th at 12 noon Eastern with Clint O'Brien, talking about core values and how you can uh, have successful campaigns and remain true uh, to the partners who are donating to you. Steve, thank you for being our guest, and happy holidays. Thank you, Ted. You as well. You've been listening to the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad-friendly podcast at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Coach. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.